let us put on a stack of 45s. Dance the night away. We're going to jive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This is Rich Buckland with the great William the Mighty Mesmesnik, and this is, we are also known as the Splendid Bohemians from coast to coast, from uh, border to border. And uh, this is our series, Put on a Stack of 45s, where we address a certain 45 RPM recording, a record, a song by an artist that was released on 45 RPM and made an impact in our lives and possibly an impact in yours. And if it did not, maybe this program will uh, create that impact for you. And uh, so we're going to ask the musical question today, Mez. The musical question is, is that all there is? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? Now, you would anticipate that normally that question asked in song would not be too, uh, would not ignite a firestorm. But if you take Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, who conducted some of the great hits for Elvis Presley, for the Coasters, Yakety Yak, who produced and wrote possibly the first monument to the integration of uh, rhythm and blues and strings, There Goes My Baby for the Drifters. I Who Have Nothing, Dance With Me. Wow. But they're also, they're also known for a song recorded by the great Peggy Lee. Titled, Norma Dolores Eggstrom. Oh, what a, what a, oh. You know, sexy, sexy, and a voice that will melt you and take you hostage, uh, even into the later years. She was one of the most profound and divine vocalists who ever lived, um, and a songwriter in her own right. Uh, wrote over two hundred songs. She wrote over two hundred songs, but she's kind of like the female Steve Allen in that respect. You know, because Steve had his big hit with uh, You're walking across the street or you have a party Yeah, yeah the start of something big I don't think we can really name one Peggy song That made that had that prominence off the top of our head But yes, she was prolific And uh, later in she the program She wrote Bella Note Bella Note from Lady in the Tramp Later at the end. This is the night. I actually had, I actually had, in, I, I actually had information as to Peggy's uh, illnesses. My brother's girlfriend was her nurse in her in her last years. Oh no, kidding! Yes, wow. that is the truth. That is the truth. Um, so, interesting song. Interesting in that it is narrated as much as it is. It is, it is narrated more than it's sung. Only the verse is yeah. sung. And it blew my mind to think that this was Lieber and Stoller who wrote this song because it sounded to me like Kurt Vile 
you know, from something from the German, you know, cabaret of the 1920. And it's in the arrangement created by Randy Newman, very young Randy Newman, in 1969, this record was released. Um, what, a, what a triple play there. Peggy Lee, Randy Newman, and Lieber and Stoller. And, and the history, the rich history that Peggy Lee brings into this from the big band era with instrumentalists of a whole different nature and song stylings of a whole different nature where the entire business is was so different. And here she finds herself in the 60s and she didn't get the... The age of 48. 48 years of age and she's already had this illustrious career. So who's yeah, the... I mean, the Benny Goodman stuff alone in the early 40s. Oh, this, yeah. Why don't you do right... Yeah, I mean, she's already established herself as one of the great female vocalists uh, in the history of popular music, hands down, hands and, down. And in 1955, she got an Academy Award nomination for Pete Kelly's Blues. Yeah, with the great opposite Jack, Jack Webb. Webb, the great, the great Jack Webb. It's not just just Jack the Webb. facts, Peggy. Just the facts. It's the great Jack Webb. We forget. The true. I don't want to do too big of a detour, but what did you think of that movie? I, you know something, whether it be something like uh, Cassavetti's Too Late Blues with Bobby Darin playing a jazz singer, uh, or Pete Kelly's Blues, the, as long as the music was addressed, I, w I felt comfortable that it was addressed. And of course, there you go, the music. Yeah, Peggy it. Lee gives it a lot of credibility. Yeah, she does. She gives it a lot of credibility. Um, so here, here, here we've got this song, but it's verbatim taken from word, the words of Thomas Mann. Yeah, As a story the, called Disillusionment. Disillusionment, and, and you being the, uh, the in-store elitist intellectual, you could, you could... I'm the king of disillusionment. You're the king, <laughs> and the king of disillusionment. <laughs> I'm a fan, Mez. I'm a fan, but I have to. I'm a fan of disillusionment because without it, we don't necessarily know what the bright side is all about. But what's interesting is apparently um, Lieber's wife, Gabby was, um, Ro Gabby Rogers, yeah Rosenberg, Nay Rosenberg, who was a Jewish refugee, and she was the one who uh, turned Jerry on to this story, which he then adapted into a song. And the adaptation was not immediately considered a commercial uh, ideal as the very first known recorded version that was played on air was by New York disc jockey Dandy Dan Daniels. And that's amazing. Now, one of the and I remember him playing that during his program. Me too. Right? I do, and it was unauthorized. It was unauthorized. But he, yeah, but he was allowed I, because they let him get away with it. For yes, some but for reason. some reason, because it was I don't know maybe the market, but it was a big market in New York and w, the WMCA good guys. And I even remember he was doing it a little bit earlier because when he introduced the animals at the Paramount Theater in 1965, he referenced it. So it's, it was in his consciousness 
long before that. But yeah, this preceded Peggy's uh, version of it by, by, by a number of years. Three, four years. Yes, yes. Um, this was this was a recording that you wanted to address. Could you share with us why this is one of your uh, one of those recordings that you wanted to to discuss? Um, yeah, sure. A couple of years ago, I just discovered it recently. A couple of years ago, I ran across it on uh, some uh, compilation, and it mesmerized me and like I said because it has that Brecht vial uh, vibe to it and my first guess was that that she was reviving an old Marlena Dietrich and in fact um, Marlena Dietrich was uh, she was uh, approached along with Barbara Streisand before they approached Peggy Lee mm -hmm. um, to do it and um, I it, it it appealed as as I said, being the king of disillusionment, it appealed to my particular uh, realm of obsessions, and especially the last verse where she gets to, you know, talk about, um, well, you you you're probably wondering why I don't kill myself. She goes, but I, you know, I will. I'm uh, no, no. That's not for me because I'm sure that when I get to my final moments, I'm going to go. Is this, is this all there was? Well, you this, know? she's and what so, the the, the idea no being. Deal. This will be dancing. This will be a disappointment as well. Yeah. Death will be yeah, a disappointment. Yeah. And I don't know if you, because I you're you live more in a more incendiary life than me, but um, I have always been somewhat removed from elation, joy, you know, I, 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 maybe I, emotions are too frightening and intense for me so that I, I, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but, uh, there is a, it, I related to that kind of removal, that kind of objectification of, you know, you're watching what is supposed to be exciting and you're going, well, it's no big deal. Yeah, I think what I think we sometimes as human beings find ourselves needing to distance ourselves as best possible from certain things that are that create elements of drama, stress, anxiety, and confusion because we have to get on with it. And yeah. getting on with it is really the key. And sometimes when you let everything hit you, um, it can be disconcerting and you can't get on with what you're supposed to be doing. I think what you're alluding Paralyzing, to... Paralyzing, yeah. Right, the paralysis you need to create. You don't need that creation paralyzed by the drama of, or the intensity. The so Peggy's character in this song, she's not ready to... Even though she's not impressed, she's not ready to sort of take the big sleep. And I don't think she was ever ready to take the big sleep. She was born in Jamestown, North Dakota on May 26, 2020. And uh, when she died in 2002. 1920. <laughs> 19, did I say, what, what year did I say? You said 2020. 2020. You got 2020 on the brain. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping it's going to end as, as quickly as humanly possible. 
Um, so she'd be a hundred if she were still alive. She she'd be a hundred years old. Hundred. Well, she was. She died in two thousand and two. Right. So June first, uh, June twenty first, two thousand and two, and the reports from the person caring for her was that she was bedridden and she just hung in there with the royalty that she was, and until the gods said, "Come on, it's time for this little adventure." She was all uh, gung-ho, regardless of what her situation. She could no longer walk. She could no longer. She needed assistance with everything. She was completely bedridden. Well, this was a major comeback for her at the age of 48. Capital was ready to dump her. Um, she had had four failed marriages. This thing, when she apparently initially was kind of, ambivalent about it but then she called them back and said this is my life i have to do this song they did it it went to number 11 uh on the pop chart and number one on the adult contemporary chart and uh she won best female pop performance grammy and uh it was her biggest hit since fever 11 years earlier yes Yes, 11 years earlier. She had not, she had not hit the charts. So what uh, the lesson here is, is that uh, through the art of, uh, of disillusionment uh, <laughs> and through the art of disaster comes this, this messaging, which basically is very joyous and it's, it's very hopeful. It's, there's nothing within the dynamic of this song, given its circumstances, its birth, and of course it will never die. And that's what's interesting about all the material we discuss. It will never, it will never have to face death. Um, no matter what the deal is, we're going to keep on. We're going to keep on dancing. Keep on dancing. We're going to keep Let's on. Let's break dancing. out the booze and have a ball. Let's just have a ball, you know. And it's a. It's an attitude that, that a lot of people have, and I think, I think life is best spent when you're able to balance the two. And, but sometimes philosophy is a little too much, and you just want to, you know, just want to uh, spread the Jack Daniels around. I remember when I was a little girl, our house caught on fire. I'll never forget the look on my father's face as he gathered me up in his arms and raced to the burning building out of the pavement. And I stood there, shivering in my pajamas and watched the whole world go up in flames. And when it was all over, I said to myself, is that all there is to a fire? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friends, then let's keep dancing. Let's break out the booze and have a ball. If that's all there And when I was 12 years old, my daddy took me to the circus. 
the greatest show on earth. There were clowns and elephants and dancing bears, and a beautiful lady in pink tights flew high above our heads. And as I sat there watching, I had the feeling that something was missing. I don't know what, but when it was all over, I said to myself, Is that all there is to the circus? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friends, then let's keep dancing. Let's break out the booze and have a ball. If that's all there is. And then I fell in love with the most wonderful boy in the world. We'd take long walks down by the river. Or just sit for hours gazing into each other's eyes. We were so very much in love. And then one day he went away, and I thought I'd die, but I didn't. And when I didn't, I said to myself, "Is that all there is to love? Is that all there is? Is that all there is?" That's all there is, my friends. Then let's keep. I know what you must be saying to yourselves. If that's the way she feels about it, why doesn't she just end it all? Oh no, not me. I'm not ready for that final disappointment. 'Cause I know, just as well as I'm standing here talking to you, that when that final moment comes and I'm breathing my last breath. I'll be saying to myself, "Is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friends, then let's keep dancing. Let's break out the booze and have a ball." Is that all there is, Mez? Is that all there is? Well, uh, apparently, that wasn't all there was for Peggy. No, it was not. And Peggy,、uh, thank you, Peggy Lee. Thank you, Peggy Lee, and she. Yes, she gets to join those other wonderful round seven-inch platters, and they're going to drop, and the needle goes on, and she's within the cast, and that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. When we put on a stack of forty-five, she could be one of those forty-five. She's one of them, baby. Well worth the listen. Well worth the listen. Mez, I want to thank you as always for another、uh, insightful, and、uh, I, I think I think this was a、uh, an eye-opening conversation for some.、Possibly. Yes, we we went deep. We're going deep, baby. We're going deep, and we're going to be back next time, and we're going deep again. 
Mez, I want to thank you. We're going to be back with another episode of uh, Put on a Stack of 45s with Bill Mesnick, Rich Buckland, your splendid bohemians. Thank you so much for listening. We shall retain. Bye-bye, baby. Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye-bye.